the starting point for our culture, and, and I believe any organization's culture, should be hopefully a, a clear articulation of its purpose, why it exists and, and what it's trying to bring to the world. Hello, and welcome to the Helping Organizations Thrive podcast. This is your host, Julian Roberts. This podcast is to provide leaders with insights, discussions, and robust strategies to help their companies thrive. We'll be interviewing business leaders, owners, experts, and thought leaders in the field of business resilience. Do enjoy the episode. Welcome to Helping Organisations Thrive. Uh, I have the pleasure of Jason Fu on the show today. Uh, good morning to or good afternoon, I should just say, to you, Jason. Hi, Julian. Thank you for having me on the show. Yeah, good to see you. Uh, I'm just going to tell the audience a little bit about you. You are the founder, chairman, and CEO of BBD Perfect Storm, and it's a, a purpose is to build and grow brands from which the world benefits. Uh, Perfect Storm has been named one of the world's leading independent agencies as and achieved numerous accolades for its clients and in the process. And you work with clients such as Unilever, Kraft Heinz, and PepsiCo, amongst uh, many of those. And today we're going to be exploring sort of organizational culture, you know, why that is important, um, what impact that can have. Uh, and also how to make a culture that sort of makes sure it's contributing to innovation, uh, it's a belonging culture for the people, and it's obviously a culture that grows the business as well. Uh, before we get there, Jason, I'd like to ask you, what do you love about what you do? Oh, what do I what do I love about what I do? Um, uh, lots of things, but I think uh, the starting point is I, I get to I get to wake up every day and, and do what I'm passionate about. And I'm, I'm passionate about understanding what makes people tick, um, the role of companies and, and brands within society, and um, and I get to to lead an organisation that that I'm very passionate about with um, a, a great deal of freedom and autonomy as, as an independent company. So uh, there's lots I love about what I do, Julian. Brilliant. And what is it about? China, you talk about making people what makes people tick. Why is that particularly important to you, and how does that sort of um, sort of play out in your role? I, I guess uh, even as a child, I, I was always fascinated by psychology and 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 the human mind, and that led me to a career in in marketing and brands. And I spent a great deal of the early part of my career in, in very much a sort of classical kind of marketing and, and advertising communications. Um, world and then increasingly I, I found that actually my beliefs and, and where I could see as society was going in terms of the role of brands and organizations was that um, a brand wasn't um, and branding isn't something that just sort of goes on the outside of a, a company's building isn't a logo but radiates from the inside out in terms of the people inside the business and and the impact that they have on on service and and what the organisation does and the experience the customer receives. So, as a result of that, I then increasingly became more also focused in in organisational culture and the, the role that plays in in both brand building and and uh, in how companies grow and, and thrive and prosper. Okay, so we're talking culture and culture seems to be talked about a lot. It seems to be a an important aspect to get right in a business. And there's obviously many books on it and many ways of, of doing that. From your understanding or from your perspective, 
what's the culture of your business? You know, always good to start with start start at home and how your culture is, and then be interested to see how you've created that. And and do you want to do some more changes and, and create another type of cultural or nuances with that? Good, good question. Well, the starting point for our culture, and, and I believe any organisation's culture, should be hopefully a, a clear articulation of its purpose, why it exists and, and what it's trying to bring to the world. And, and as you mentioned in the introduction, our purpose as a brand and cultural transformation company is that we exist to build and grow brands from what world benefits. So if, if that's our kind of our organising north star then then what's the culture that hopefully feeds that as an organization now now we're a creative business and we're hopefully one that also drives innovation and and um and and it's hopefully a culture that that radiates the kind of behaviors that we're also trying to um instill in the sort of blue chip clients that we work with so so what kind of culture do we have at perfect storm now you can dissect and distill that into our organizational values and behaviors etc but sometimes it's easier to sort of define cultures i think by uh, the culturalisms that people will use to describe how stuff gets done around here and kind of the behaviors that get celebrated and, and those that don't so for us i think there's a there's three common expressions that you'll often hear within our business that are reg- regularly repeated almost as as mantras and i think they are super important to any business that's trying to build a, a culture of creativity and innovation the first one is radiators not drones so everyone we seek to bring into the business and the way we try and, and work as an organization is to is to bring energy to to every meeting and situation and, and project and and avoid um employing and and <laughs> avoid those that uh, you know i guess drain energy from from situations super important if you want to create creativity and innovation uh, the second thing is is drivers and passengers and ideas are nothing without momentum and and to you need people that will drive those forward and then the third thing for us is uh, we take our work seriously ourselves a lot less so so a little bit of a little bit of fun and mischief a sense that you know there isn't too much hierarchy that you can sort of banter with everyone within the organization and we don't sit in kind of offices we have a very sort of flat structure that hopefully um create so as i say a, a culture of creativity of fun and, and of innovation so as i say those three things in many ways i think hopefully capture and distill the culture that, that we see to seek to build at perfect storm and you, you mentioned purpose um, as being your your north star and that's quite important how has companies and how have you managed it to use purpose what is it about purpose is it something you've put on your you know walls and put your purpose of your business or you've when people join and say this is our purpose how's that become a tool or a way of creating that culture that you just explained well for us for us uh, starting with that it's it's super important in that it um when i say it's our north star it fundamentally drives our decision making as to what we do how we do it and, and who we do it with so, so starting with who we do it with, we exist to build and grow brands from which the world benefits. So very simply, we uh, every client that um, prospective client that comes into um, our office or every pro- prospective client opportunity will say, is this a product or service we would happily sell to our families? 
And if we don't feel that we would be comfortable selling it to our own family, then uh, it's hard for us to justify and, and believe. And is that, that the sort of decision and the robust conversation you have, even when somebody comes to you and approaches you? Absolutely. Absolutely. And um, and so, as an example, uh, we uh, we choose not to work with gambling clients. Now, um, gambling is a perfectly legal activity in the UK, but it's not something that we want to use our, our creativity and, and expertise to grow as a as a category and, and as a as a thing in, in society. So, so for us, yeah, we, we sit we sit down and we have that conversation, and that doesn't mean that we necessarily wouldn't you know don't enjoy a flush on the national or whatever. But is it something that we want to use our mm. expertise to? Grow? No, and so you can see it becomes a, a north star for us in terms of our decision making. Is that a, is that the kind of client that that we would take on? And then, equally, how how do we go about building those clients up? And and part of what we do is marketing, communications, and advertising. So, are we promoting that client in ways that are both compelling and, and exciting and, and effective, but also responsible? Uh, for example we enforce social stereotypes as some advertising has done in the past and um and yeah and so building brands in a way that benefits society so your your purpose drives in in how you work with clients how you operate how you engage with them how you cut the media and the the slogan or whatever you come up with is driven by that that purpose uh, absolutely and and it's because we believe not only is it important, it's also the, the right thing to do. But um, but it's also we what we believe creates for more effective companies. So we believe organisations with a compelling purpose actually tend to unlock more discretionary effort amongst um, amongst their staff, anchoring to organisational culture. And, and if you unlock discretionary effort, you're going to unlock innovation and, and creativity as well. So how do you then take, because obviously you, you know, obviously the owner and founder of the business created this purpose and it's probably an alignment to your own probably purpose in some ways. It probably has an element of personal in there if you created it. How do we then take that and make sure that what you're saying is just going through all the organization, that every individual, not the, the robots and all that sense, but they get an alignment. And they'll have their own, their own sort of purpose themselves, but there's a quite an alignment to your purpose and they operate in the way that you've just described yeah and so i mean as an organization we we have a framework that that we apply when we're working with organizations and what we create is something called the purpose narrative now that sounds like quite a sort of grandiose sort of consultancy term but basically your your purpose narrative is how does the organization act in support of its purpose and so what are the, can you articulate the way that the organization behaves and codify that to support what you, what what your purpose is now purposes can be uh quite profound and meaningful as as we hopefully be, um, believe perfect storms is but equally they can be quite functional but hopefully they are still inspirational so but i, I do think it's important you can distill your purpose to something that all of the organization can can crisply succinctly articulate and and therefore drive towards 
Does that include like behaviors and how people should act in terms of? Yes, exactly. So, yeah. so when, when we say the narrative and how you act in support of your behaviors, then yes, you codify that into your organizational behaviors and ultimately the values that the organization has. For as a founder of a business, it's it's obviously a bit more um, straightforward and, and easier for me to to just to to do that but i think it is really important and and i we st- i still remain surprised by how many organizations can't articulate what their purpose is now mm-hmm. that's not uh you know that's not the same as saying we exist to manufacture great tires <laughs> i mean that you know that's a um that's a, you know that's a function of your your output but hopefully you you can you can distill into something that's slightly greater than that yeah, I think purpose is is far beyond the service that you actually provide. Um, it's a, it's more of a, well, it's more outwards, and it's and it's almost not, un- not unattainable, but it's inspirational. It's far beyond and oh, we make great advertising for companies, which is just a very functional. That's not really a purpose at all, but it's just a, a thing you do. But actually, you're far bigger than that, um, and I think it makes people then get engaged they're part of something bigger than just the company to make money because obviously ultimately you know you, to be sustainable you make money but that's not your sole purpose um so you talked about different way you in terms of engage with people in terms of calling them radiators or um in, in terms of radiators and yeah drivers which, uh, which is interesting um so obviously i I love the analogy, and um, I don't know how you check this when people come in. Do you sort of feel how warm they are, and then things like that? And facetious <laughs> in there. So, 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 in, in terms of that, what are you looking for in somebody when the, to sort of think? That, and it's obvious what it means, but how do you sort of get to know that in somebody? So when they come part of your your business, your culture, they will be radiating and they will be driving and um, uh, and be sort of taking the work seriously, but not themselves, which obviously is sort of less about their ego, I guess. It's um, and you're in that sort of creative world, which I'm sure ego sort of pops into it all, certainly within the sort of advertising world. So, how do you, how does it ha- happen in reality in terms of from recruitment, but then also how do you keep that in check going through the actual process of um, not just onboarding, but actually day to day sort of uh, work? Uh, well, and of course, it, it starts with recruitment, and we have a fantastic uh, head of culture, Caroline, who um, who who ensures that the, uh, that our our culture and values are very clear across the company, and, and we're very clear as to what those are when when we're recruiting. So, so hopefully, people that want to come and work at Perfect Storm are are super clear as to what they're joining, and and if if that culture appeals to them, and and it should be. Uh, if not polarizing, then certainly there should be people that certainly feel that's my kind of culture and, and perhaps some people that, that feel it isn't. Um, I do also think the role of the role of a leader is to uh, is to instill and set that culture. We, we at Perfect Storm, we we uh, have talked and distilled what we believe the role of the leadership is into three C's. And uh, those three C's are clarity around the mission around what we're trying to accomplish in, in, in every in every uh, endeavor culture s- setting and celebrating what behaviors are, are rewarded and, and which behaviors aren't and then compassion 
that recognizing as you say that everyone's on their own journey and um and and not everyone starts from the same place and and just making sure that it's it's a positive and inclusive environment so that's the how you sort of instill that within the leadership context given that sort of was it clarity culture and, and compassion which hopefully then as you say because I, I do believe culture starts from the top it, it starts from the leadership team and so and so leaders have to take responsibility for the culture and and and, and set the culture mm. and so if if you were going to give some advice to somebody who's um i don't know whatever size company and they want to create a culture it's not your culture not not your purpose um, of of innovation um growth and that sort of sense of belonging people feel valued what sort of two or three things would you sort of give as advice to them in terms of how they should go about that what would be your top two three tips um the first thing i would say is uh distill and, and crystallize your purpose so that the, the entire organization is, is clear on, on on why you exist, so that you have that as a North Star. Um, we've talked a little bit about the purpose narrative and, and describing how the organization acts in in support of its um in support of its purpose. Then um yeah, the, the classical way you do this is is you distill your organizational values and behaviors. How do you do that in a way that you, you codify it? To create the culture that that is right for the organisation, and and I believe it comes down to two things: um, making sure that what you, the values and behaviours that you want to capture to describe your organisation need to be both reflective and projective. So reflective is the core truth of how the organisation acts on its best day. And how you, you can codify that into what are those behaviors that truly reflect us when, when we're performing at our best. The reflective, um, and I, I would say that, that should be sort of 75% of your um of the codifying your your values and behaviors as, as a company when you when you write those down and, and communicate them to, to everyone else. The projective aspect is then okay, in terms of our purpose, and then in terms of our our mission and our vision of the company we're trying to become and where we're trying to go, what are the values and behaviours we're going to additionally need to get there? What's the tilt on who we are at the moment mm. that get us to where we need to be? And that might be that we need to be more agile. It might be that we have a bit too much of a kind of consensual culture and actually we need to be a bit more decisive. It might be that we need to be a bit more empowering, but ensuring that whatever that thing is that you that you or other people who have observed your culture can see is holding you back from the vision of where you're trying to get to, you add in that projective element and, and you celebrate and recognize and reward those behaviors going forwards. Does, what, does that what would make be sense? your no it makes perfect. I love it. I love that sort of tension between the sort of the now and the reflective what you're doing that now and in, in, in the moment that it meets your purpose, your values and behaviors that align to that. But I love that actual going a bit actually, but we're trying to achieve this huge vision here. We're not quite there yet. And in some ways, perhaps we'll never get there because it's quite a big vision. And these are the, some of the things we need to do in the future. And I like that sort of future sort of focus and that point. Can I ask you, and, and what are your... Be, it must be authentic. 
It can, oh, sorry, excuse me. So yeah, so you have to start with the, the, the deep authenticity of who you are. There's no point trying to say our culture is X when it isn't. And hence why 75% yeah. of it must be authentic to who you are on your best day so that everyone inside the organization feels and recognizes that. And then there's, as I say, just a, a positive tilt to where... where you, your root, your, is, I like the 75%. It feels like you've, you're embedded a root and it's quite still who you are. You're not like, it's 10% and then we're going for 90%, <laughs> which is just yes. like... And perhaps <laughs> a startup might be that because they're not entirely sure where they're at themselves. But um, when you get more established, I think it's having a root. Otherwise, if you're too projective then you you're all over the place because you're not entirely sure where you are and everything's new and it's just 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 chaotic in an organization <laughs> so what what would be your projective thinking on your business now if you have in terms of the uh, sort of behaviors values that are aspiring to your great vision yeah and and i mean i could answer that but in some ways i think it might be more instructive to actually sort of give you an example of of a client we work with that um, has gone through quite a transformational process in, in this in this instance and 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 um, really undertaken a radical sort of cultural shift so and, and I, I won't name this the specific organization or perhaps even um, the category but uh, this organization was uh, continually losing a great deal of money that um it was, in many respects, externally, um, extremely successful in that it was offering an incredibly uh, luxurious product and experience and had created a very aspirational brand. But actually, it was, and it was very much the, um, the brainchild and vision of a, a very autocratic CEO. But, um, but increasingly, the business model was highly unsustainable and it was losing millions and then, in fact, billions of dollars a year so it really needed a radical um business transformation and i think a new ceo came in and and he uh he very wisely uh, recognized that actually there need to be some business process re-engineering and that kind of stuff but actually the thing that was really going to drive change was um repositioning the brand and a cultural transformation because the you know, the biggest change to organization is not process or technology it's people's willingness to, to go in a different direction mm. and as i said the previous ceo had had a very autocratic style where if you didn't do exactly as, as he said and as as was dictated then and this is a company that was overseas in, in another market where uh, employment rights are quite different then if you didn't do exactly as he said then you were fired pretty much um you were dismissed pretty much summarily so a great culture of fear within this all i was going to say wonderful place to work then <laughs> <laughs> and yet uh, as i say kind of delivering a, a very aspirational experience but not very effective business results. The new CEO came in and recognized to drive this transformation, he was going to have to create a radically different culture, one that was much more empowered, much one that was much more agile, and, uh, and one that was actually much more inclusive. So set about um, crystallizing a new, a new purpose and a new purpose narrative to reflect where they wanted to go, and captured the best parts of the organization, but then introduced new values of empowerment 
and agile. And it was quite astonishing to see the difference in that organization over 18 months, 24 months. And we're, we're talking about a company with 25,000 employees in terms of the difference in, in speed of decision-making, in collaboration, and, and in ultimately in, in business results. With, and the, the organization's now in profit. So, oh, wow. So, sorry, so this theme, purpose theme. driven and, and having that, it, it created a, obviously a, an agile business, but also a business that made more money than it done previously. Um, and 24 months on a business that size is quite a short space of time, really, isn't it, in terms of trying to affect a culture of business? Hugely so, I think. I mean, for, for yes, as you say, for, for a business of that size, but it, um, I think particularly in that instance, there was a great deal of desire for change. And so people could easily and readily embrace what was very positive steps forward. So this purpose, it it seems to be your, it seems quite key really having this, getting this purpose right. What other one or two things would you give to advice to a a person who wants to do a change, whether significant change or even a, a small change that will make a difference, not just of the culture, but obviously benefit their business, sustain them for the long term? I think, um, well, it's it's uh, it's funny. I, I mean, I, I think uh, so often as, as a, a business leader or as a, um, a business owner, you, you start from a position of where you want to go when um, so often I think it's also a question of asking um, am I creating a an organisation that um, I would want to work in, and where I believe I could do my best work? And and it's amazing how I think if you if you start from the point of creating a great place to work, how cult- that feeds the culture, and the culture then feeds the customer experience, and mm. and, and customer experience obviously feeds um, business outcomes. Um, I think something that's quite interesting at the moment is, is obviously in a post-pandemic world, uh, the notion of organisational culture is is under a large spotlight because people are working so differently. Mm. So some people are working fully flexibly, some people are working hybrid, uh, some organisations are very keen to move back to to fixed ways of working. Um, I'm not necessarily going to offer a point of view on on which is which is the best way to to work. But what I would say is that um, in our experience and in what we've seen, what um, what people within businesses do want is just clarity and, um, yeah, a, a clarity as to exactly what it is. When, when, there's, when there's vagueness and when there's ambiguity, that seems to be much worse for everyone than just having a very clear position on on what the working culture is. Which is hopefully yeah, not one of the attenders that you said. Because even having clarity on something that actually this is not a place where I want to work is helpful because that means that people will make some steps to come away from it. But when there's this, as you say, ambiguity, I'm not entirely sure what's going on here, and it and it then causes mass confusion and, and let's say productivity goes down, engagement goes down, the whole host of stuff goes down. Clarity is really important. It's interesting you said about... Um, uh, I quite liked it. Just want to having that intent, set an intent, to create a great place to work. That's a really good place to start, isn't it? It sounds really simple, very hard to do, but even having a waking up, if you're a business leader or a business owner, to say, 
I want to create a great place to work and how that might be. Yes, it might be from my perspective, what's, what's grades might not be everybody's, but if you have a few people around you thinking that, that can make a whole heap of difference just by having that intent and focus, isn't it? Of course. And, and easy to say, hard to do, particularly as, as many organisations are entering uh, super challenging economic circumstances. We might not be quite in recession, but certainly I know lots of organisations are, are finding inflation, inflationary pressures and, and trading tough, which sometimes gives you less um, opportunity and latitude with soft employee benefits and those sorts of things. But mm. I think I think all of that is secondary to to culture actually and, and culture is not whether you get free breakfast although you do at Ben's store culture is uh yeah is is how things get done around here in a way that makes people want to want to do more of it hopefully yeah and 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 that stuff really costs pretty much nothing as you say, you, you create uh, that discretionary part of the from people because they want to be there. They want to do a, a great job because they love working there. They get rewarded well, not not just financially. It's just in terms of what the, the contribution they get valued. Feel valued. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, as I say, it's not just free fruit on Friday and that sort of stuff. It's uh, it's, it's uh, there's some sort of me- mechanisms that may help and all that sort of stuff, but it, it's far deeper than that. And and it's leaders. And I think leadership is quite important where they, they're role modeling that culture, they're role modeling the, that purpose, they're role modeling those values and behaviors, because that's the most powerful way to influence anybody is people to see what you're doing and how you're doing it, uh, uh, rather than just things, words on a piece of paper. Uh, that's that's how it, you know, when, when you see you engage about, you know, knocking back a client because it doesn't align to our purpose. People see that. Oh, this guy really does mean this, doesn't he? Because he's he's doing. He's not bending. Oh, it's a big client, it's a big opportunity. Financially, could be really good for us. But actually, you're pushing back and going, no, it doesn't align. And people see that and notice it uh, more. Probably not just consciously, but subconsciously. Yeah, and I think um, uh, younger generate for uh, younger generations is it's increasingly important that that position on on your organizational values and, and what you do and don't do in the world and your your position on the things that affect society yeah no um good conversation with you jason and um i love your approach to culture i love your approach to how you're how you're doing it uh, i know this is what you do as your as your day job so to speak but still you've got some really good ways of doing that and, and obviously you're uh, also walking the talk in your own business and how you do it and i'm sure there's things areas you want to improve on as always in a business which is always good uh, and inspiring um if people want to connect with you and get in touch with you what's the best way of doing that um absolutely on on linkedin and i'm, I'm delighted to connect to people and, and of course uh, via our website um, my details are on uh, bbdperfectstorm.com thank you so much for the conversation june really good Brilliant. to speak to you yeah thank you jason Thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode. If you do like this episode, then please do rate, review and share with your friends and colleagues. As a coaching practice, we coach high performing leaders and teams with extreme ambitions. We'll help you to go beyond what you believe is possible. If this sounds like you, then let's have a conversation with me. Contact me at julianrobertsconsulting.com.